You guys, today's episode is so good. The discussion that surfaced during the recording of this episode is going to serve you so well. So Jessica and I were joined by Megan Wyant, who is our newest co-host, and we actually answer a question that one of our EB teachers recently had about what exactly to do when a student misses group speaking and listening assignments. So they are absent for a speaking and listening in-class activity. What do we do about that, right? So we went deep into our most practical advice for alternative assignments for when students miss out on something like a Socratic seminar or group collaboration projects. You definitely are going to want to have your notebook out for this one. So let's dive in and get started. Hi there, Caitlin here. Our mission at EB Academics is simple. Help middle school ELA teachers take back their time outside of the classroom by providing them with engaging lessons, planning frameworks, and genuine support so that you can become the best version of yourself, both inside and outside of the classroom. So if you think you might be ready to try something new because you know you simply cannot continue the way that you have been, that I'd invite you to take a moment to check out the EB Teachers Club, the EB Writing Program, or the EB Grammar Program by visiting the links in the description of the podcast. We hope to continue to support you within one of our programs in the future. And in the meantime, we look forward to serving you right here on the podcast each week. All right, you guys, welcome back to another episode of the Teaching Middle School ELA podcast. We hope you enjoyed last week's interview with our very new co-host on the podcast, Miss Megan. Welcome back again. Thank you guys. So thrilled to be here as always. <laughs> it's just a fun like addition to the mix. I'm really enjoying it. And I hope that you guys are too. Um, let us know, you know, tell us on Instagram, send us a little message of how you're enjoying the podcast this year in 2024. Um, today we are diving into actually a question that came to us from one of our EB teachers um, that I'll share with you in just a second. But Really, we're talking about preparing for the unexpected. You know, when students are absent, what do we do? How do we handle that? And I, it's interesting, like, I am the culprit of this now as a mom with my son in kindergarten. I'm like, oh, by the way, we're not going to be here for the three days after Thanksgiving. You know, and I think about like when parents did that to me, I was so upset with them. But it's because I didn't necessarily have great solutions to the student being out. Um, and this happened to me all the time, actually, in my most recent school, because we live near Lake Tahoe, is a lot of our students are on the ski team. So they would just miss Friday. They just don't come to school on Friday in the winter. For like months at a time. Yes. Yeah. yeah. They're really know, like- in your face. It's a thing in like Northern <laughs> California. Yeah. I mean, because I mean, we live near the mountains, you know, and so in other places, I'm sure Colorado, and it's probably similar situations. Um, but the thing is, is it's going to happen, right? So how can we prepare adequately as teachers for this event to occur? And so today's episode really came about from a question from one of our EB teachers, Brianna Nicole. And I'm going to read the question that she shared with us because it's probably a question that you have yourself. So she said, today we are doing the real talk discussion for a major grade. I have students who purposely stayed home to get out of it. <laughs> What alternate assignment could I offer as a makeup? I don't want it to be a punishment, but I want it to address the same skills and not be a freebie grade. My students worked really hard to prepare for this. 
And Brianna got a ton of great feedback in our community from our EB teachers and from Team EB. And what she ultimately decided to do was a Flipgrid assignment with her students addressing their talking points. But what was interesting is her post really got us thinking, you know, like that's very interesting to me that students purposely stayed home so that they didn't have to do this assignment, right? So whether your students have done that and purposely stayed home to get out of participating in an activity or they're sick or they travel during certain times of the year, they're out of town, whatever it is, right? What can you do as a teacher to prepare for this when students are absent during like a speaking and listening activity or something that's like a major part of their grade? So let's say you're doing like a Socratic seminar with your students and they miss that, or you're doing a real talk discussion or any sort of like fishbowl discussion or a literature circle meeting. What these things, when they happen in our classroom, it's very difficult to replicate them for an absent student who missed that, right? It's different if they've missed a test or they missed us reading a certain part of the book, right? Those types of things are a little bit more easier, a little bit more easy, a little bit easier to, thank you. you. It's 6.15 in the morning in California (laughs) for the record. (laughs) I woke up at five (laughs) to record the podcast episodes. So my brain is like just getting started, um, but it's it's not as easy, right? To to figure out how to, what to do with these discussion based, like speaking and listening based type activities or assessments or things that our students are missing. And so what we've done is we've gathered some ideas for you that you might want to just like put in your back pocket or keep in the back of your brain, so that should this situation arise in your case in your own class, you can go to to some of these and utilize them for your students. So first one, Jessica, I'm going to hand over to you to kind of kick us off with some of those first ideas that we have. Yeah. And I was just thinking as you were speaking, like, it's almost like, you know, when you're absent as a teacher, you can either do the mad scramble that morning and like, oh my gosh, what are my students going to work on? And you're like frantically emailing while you're sick, what your plans are, or you can have Mm -hmm. emergency sub plans in place and they're effective and they, you know, hit the mark, all the good things. So like, what's the better alternative, right? Or better option. Same thing here. Like, as long as you have a plan in place for this and you can even communicate it with your students in advance, like then they'll still be able to produce quality work instead of this, like, uh, I don't know, what could you do since you were absent kind of thing. So the first idea, I feel like this one's probably the most obvious and it's written responses. So like if a student misses a Socratic seminar or a big discussion, a real talk discussion, you can have them write out their answers. Maybe they choose two questions that you gave your students for the Socratic seminar. Maybe they came up with their own questions. And what they can do is write a paragraph response for each of those. And maybe they have to you know, include evidence, include justification. All the expectations you had in the Socratic seminar just come down to paper now. And you know, you can pick whatever length is appropriate. If you have eighth graders, maybe they can do more than a paragraph, right? And this can also work for a student who maybe is actually present for the Socratic seminar, but didn't speak. Like I definitely had students who did that at first. They were very nervous during a Socratic seminar and it was like, you know, pulling teeth to get them to say anything. And you're like, gosh, I want to give them a grade, but like they literally didn't talk right now. So you can have them also write out their responses and it's kind of up to you. You know, do you want to give them full credit on that depending on your school's grading policies? Because technically it's a speaking and listening grade and you're writing, I don't know, you'll have to figure it out, but the written word is always an option there. And then idea number two, if students miss a big discussion is, and again, this is like a discussion you're grading, right? Not just an everyday class discussion, but you can have them participate in a mini seminar. 
So if you had more than one student absent on that particular day, you can have them meet together and do their own discussion that you can observe. And again, that's if you have the time, if you have the resources to do this, I get it that it's it's not always feasible, right? Things need to move on in the classroom, but it is a nice option for students. And I like this idea. This actually came from Sarah. A lot of you are probably familiar with Sarah. She's an EBT member. She is so active in our Facebook community, so supportive of all of our teachers. And she's a current eighth grade teacher. And this is exactly what she does with her absent students. So she has them pick a small audience, like three to five of their classmates or another staff member if someone's available, and she lets them recreate the Socratic seminar. And I thought this was really interesting. It was like during a prearranged time, so it could be maybe during recess one day. I know we don't always love to do that, but it's an option. Or during the last 10 minutes of class when students are silent reading, whatever you choose, Sarah does that with her students, and she says she's gotten really great feedback from not only students, but her admin and from parents, which I think says a lot. So you might be listening and think like, okay, I don't know if I can do that one, but just knowing that that's what's working for a teacher in this situation might give you some additional ideas. And I think, gosh, when a parent emails you to say, hey, that was really cool. You let my student or my child, you know, do that alternative assignment, like win, right? And then your principal's telling you it's good. Like there's something to that. So I thought that was a great option. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, The third idea I want to share with everybody is a peer interview. And so with this one, you can assign the absent student to interview one or more peers who actually participated in the Socratic seminar or whatever discussion you've done. They can ask their peers about the main talking points that were discussed and then any conflicting viewpoints that actually came up during the discussion. And this can actually help the absent student learn about the discussion that happened. And then that student that was absent can take notes during the interview, write down some points that they would have made if they had been present for the discussion, right? And a side note on this, and I love this idea um, because we all have those students that are early finishers, right? And most of mine were like the best kids and they just like opened their book and signed read but these <laughs> students would be the would be awesome to be the interviewee right if you have an absent student pull those kids in that are early finishers and they can be the interviewee and most of them would be happy to do it I'm sure so that's a great idea the fourth idea is just to have them record themselves and this is usually what I did um, I would have students record their responses their questions on Flipgrid or just using their phones because they've all got one and then they can submit that you know for their for their assignment their alternative Something that assignment. I love about that one about recording themselves is like in today's digital age. Um, we don't do this at EB, but a huge part of a lot of companies interview process is to send in a video recording of yourself answering questions. Done that. Yep. Yeah, so it's like, it's a life skill that we're giving them of being on camera because it is very different. And I actually would argue that that's kind of harder to do than to speak in front of your classmates. Um, I, I, I just, I'm always thinking about like, in what ways are what we are, are in what ways are the things that we're doing in our class impacting our students in the future and like the real world situation, right? I, I had the privilege of going to see one of our EB teachers at her school in San Francisco a couple of weeks ago, and I got to watch her teach one of our EB writing program lessons. It was so freaking cool. Um, but at the end of the class, I talked to the kids about like, well, why are we doing this? Why are we finding justification? Like, why does this matter? Evidence and all this stuff. And really, at the end of the day, in, the, in a large majority of our jobs, roles that exist in this world, we have to be able to create a position, find evidence to support that position, and justify our reasoning behind it. 
you know, especially like in entrepreneurship or if you're selling something or a variety of different skills are applicable to the things that we're doing in class where students are like, oh, I'm just writing. Oh, I'm just recording a video. And so I always think about like, how am I able to share the lens through which my students can look at this at as this is not about English class at all. This is actually about your life in the future and how it's going to set you up for success. Um, so recording themselves is such a great skill. Like you should even just do this anyways in your classroom. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I agree. And I, I always found that my students liked hearing those things, like if especially like the justification piece, I'd be like, great lawyers do this. And they yeah. liked hearing those sort of things because it got yes. them thinking about the future, you know? So I think that's totally. an awesome, awesome. And with point. recording themselves, something they can do that's very hard is go watch themselves. Yes. Words. That's brutal. It's painful. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yep. All right. Sorry. No, you're good. That's those are great (laughs) points. Um, The next idea I want to share and going back to real world application is a collaborative Google Doc because at EB, we do some brainstorm Google Docs where we collaborate our ideas. Um, So this is also real world. So basically, you could set up a collaborative Google Doc, right, with the sharing permissions and all that good stuff where the absent students can contribute their thoughts, their responses, their questions related to that Socratic seminar, that real talk discussion, whatever speaking uh, activity you did. And the w- that way you're providing a shared space for collaborative reflection, which is the goal anyway, right? Um, and if you truly only had one student that was absent, just offer some extra credit for some other students who actually did participate so that there's still collaboration happening on that Google Doc. Love that idea. Brilliant. I mean, yeah. All the time. It happens all the time at EV. All the time. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay, now I'm going to share one that's like totally opposite of all these great ideas that we just shared. <laughs> and I'm going to be honest with you. This is what I did 99% of the time in the classroom. Okay. <laughs> and that is do nothing. So you have students who are absent during a Socratic seminar. Oh, well, they were absent. They don't get a grade. It's blank in my grade book. And I just moved on. And I'm going to share though, like why this worked in my classroom. And this kind of goes back to our previous episode. We were talking about batch planning because I batch planned. I knew in advance that I had likely a Socratic seminar every other week or so with my fifth graders. So if, you know, I'm going to use my son's name. If Jameson was absent for one week, it didn't matter. He was going to get another opportunity to participate a week and a half later or whatever it was. And it just kind of allowed me to like move on with students. It was nice for the students and the parents, because they weren't dealing with like written responses at home, all that stuff. And one discussion really didn't matter. Now, if it was a pattern, then they were going to miss, you know, three or four, like, yes, then I would have to come up with a different project for them. But I honestly knew that in my classroom, other things carried more weight, right? Like an essay grade was going to be bigger than a Socratic seminar that they missed. So it was okay for me to do this. And I think sometimes we just need that permission, like, Again, it's okay not to grade it. It's okay that you have a blank in your grade book. It's all good. As long as you've got enough other assignments to assess students, it's okay to move on. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, so many of my students who missed class, like, I don't want to send them home with extra work. No. You know? I have to say that. And I shared this at our meeting yesterday. This is a little tangent. But we're skipping school two and a half days next week to go on vacation. And I emailed my son's teachers, fifth grade teachers gave me a list of all the assignments we have to do. And we have to do them in advance. Understandable, right? Like we're taking away from school. Davey's second grade teacher was like, enjoy your vacation. He's good to go. You've got nothing from me. And I was like, brilliant teacher, because now like I adore her. Right. Also (laughs) though, 
she doesn't have to grade anything. She knows right. Davey's a good student. She knows he's going to catch up, like keep it easy on herself too. So side yeah. tangent. And I would argue too, like what's a day, right? Well, it's two and a half days for us, but yeah. Oh, what's a day? <laughs> yeah. Two and a half days for you. I mean, we missed three days of school. Right. You know, it happens. We went, it's life. We yeah. And like, I don't know, as a parent, I'm like, at the end of the day, he's going to be fine. All right. of our students are going to be fine. Are going to be fine. Everyone's going to be fine. You know what I mean? And sometimes even those students who, who really struggle in school are the ones who are going to be super, super, whatever, however you define yes. success. Yep. Do you know what I mean? Because yep. they think about school differently. Like some of my greatest mentors hated school and did terribly in school and are very successful business people and entrepreneurs, you know? Yep. So I just think like at the end of the day, if you tell yourself like, it's all going to be okay. It's all going to be okay. And then it's so it free. Yes. It's so free. Yeah. So I'm going to, I'm going to share the last idea here in just a second, but there's one other thing I want to say. I've gotten to a point where like, this is going to sound terrible, but at the end of the day, like nothing really matters. Yeah. I'm with you. Nothing really matters. And like, that is super freeing from a, like, everything's going to be fine perspective. Like I was at lunch duty and one of the dads was complaining to me about faint grass, not being able to be used anymore. Like, and because whatever, like we're in California, we have fake grass because of droughts and all of these things. And then plastics, whatever, like I'm super environmentalist. Like, and I was just like, like who, who cares? cares? I'm like, nothing it's matters. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, why am I participating in this conversation? Like, but isn't I, it funny when you start myself. to have that lens, how often yeah. you go like, why am I having this conversation? Totally. Like yeah. it's a, yeah. Yes, a hundred percent. We can talk about. We can have an existential podcast. Yeah, that'd be fun. That'd be good. Oh my gosh, I love it. Okay, last idea, and this is one of those things that again you can just kind of keep in your back pocket and have as like a go-to. But just having like a consistent alternative assignment that you use. So this is like a generic alternative activity, maybe one or two things, like a one-pager activity or a graphic essay or an evidence tracker that you just always have students complete in case they are absent during a speaking and listening activity. So you know they're absent for this. This is just what I do, right? It's like a simple, if this, then that type thing. Um, And while these assignments don't necessarily assess student speaking and listening skills, you're still able to get a great idea of where students stand with their understanding of the text, what's being discussed, their ability to support their ideas, evidence, justification, all those things that we really actually care about, right? We care about speaking and listening too, 100%. Um, but those three activities that I suggested of the one pager, the graphic essay, or the evidence tracker, if you're an EB teacher, you all have access to those. So those are things that you can just grab, keep in your kind of toolbox of teaching things that you have on hand, um, because they can be used with any text. They can be rinsed and repeated throughout the year. Um, and those are just some of those great just go to alternative assignments to use in the case of um, an absent student. So that is all we've got for you guys today. Hopefully those were helpful. I would love for you guys to know, send us a message on Instagram at EB Academics and let us know of those seven ideas, which one was your favorite. All right, next week on the podcast, we are talking about the science of reading and how it applies to middle school. So this was super interesting, actually. Well, we know, we've known we've had, we've, I don't want to say how to, we've known that we were going to get to talk about this on the podcast for a while, but it was very interesting. We we're talking to an admin at a school or head of school district partnerships, Carrie was, and she was like, talk to me about how the science of reading applies to your middle school curriculum. And it was very interesting to have that discussion as a team through the lens of middle school, sixth, seventh, and eighth grade versus so much of the conversation that we're seeing right now 
is an elementary, right? And we've even had a teacher reach out to us. Like we had this great PD, but it was for elementary school teachers clearly and not for middle school ELA. So next week on the podcast, we're diving into this, how it's applicable to middle school ELA. Um, Jessica and our curriculum team did a ton of research and ensuring that we're providing you guys with best practices. Um, So make sure that you join us next week on the podcast. Do you guys have anything else to add to that before we leave for the week? Just that I think it's going to be a good discussion because I don't know about anyone else, but when I hear science of reading, I'm kind of like, oh gosh, like Uh it's heavy, right? Like it's interesting, but it's heavy, but I think we'll make it interesting. So So. that's interesting because I felt that way until we talked about it internally. And I was like, oh, exactly. That's what I mean. It was like (laughs) when we knew this was coming down the line as a topic, I was like, oh goodness, here we go. (laughs) But now it's like, no, I'm excited for it. Totally. Love it. Cool. All right. Well, thank you guys so much for joining us. We'll see you next week on the podcast. Bye, everyone. Bye, everybody.